Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, yeah. And welcome back to the program. A lot happening here as uh, we move forward. Already had uh, Jesse Simonton on from On3. Let's get back to the calls here. And Eddie yeah, in Tuscaloosa. Hello, Eddie. Hey. hey, Paul. Look, I had some real personal. I was going, wasn't going to take up much time. But today is my 75th wedding anniversary. 75. But, but, now, th- now, this is to, to how many different women? Uh, well, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, I mean, this is, I'm, hold on a second. 75 years. So that would be, what, 1949. Nine. I'm really good in math, Eddie. Um, <laughs> well, it's really... Well, it's the oldest joke in the world, Paul. But, but I, people say, "How do you do it?" And I say, "We went. We go out twice a night. They eat. She goes Monday, and I go Friday." You know, <laughs> <laughs> an old is, joke. Uh, but Paul, what I really what I about. Well, by the way, really congratulations cool. to both of you. I don't. I don't know if I've meeting meeting uh, have met Miss, Mrs. Uh, Conyers before. Have I? I don't think so. No, no. Uh, she would definitely remember. it. Yeah, um, but, but, I, I, I do worry about that, though. Of all the times I've been with you, uh, you've never introduced me to your wife, which tells me that you don't want her to know you know me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, met, I think I met your uh, daughter or son. I can't remember which. but uh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, th- we all think they're well. Particularly, they all live in Birmingham, and we've been. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, the last I, time I, I saw him, he gave me five dollars if I would walk over and say hello to you. <laughs> well, I'm on the NIL, so I get a little <laughs> bit more than that. But hey, we mentioned in the ball players a while ago, uh, great basketball players. The name Cliff Hagen came. Oh yeah, absolutely. Years years ago, Paul, at Foster Auditorium in Tuscaloosa, I had a friend who lived had an apartment in Foster Auditorium. So whenever there was a big game, I would go to his place and he would let me in. And it was right next to the visitor's dressing room. Well, at the half, Alabama was up by about 10 points because they were playing awful. And I, I never forget Coach Rupp. He went up to uh, Cliff Hagan and he called him Clifford. He said, Clifford, when we go back on that court at second half, Alabama had a big A right in the middle of the court. He said, I want you to go right in the middle of that big A, and I want you to pull your pants down and do a physical act. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I want you to be able to say you did something on this floor. That is funny. I I heard that. I got got caught in that room and couldn't get out, and I uh, I was in one room, but I could hear them in the other room. But anyway, that was, to me, interesting and uh, 
I sure appreciate hey, your you, time. Do you believe all those about stories about how Coach Rupp and Coach Bryant were good friends? Uh, <laughs> they, were, they were both very dominant coaches, of course, but uh, I think they had, a, they, they had a difference of opinion on certain things. But, uh, but, I've, uh, always, I've I, always thought that, too, but you, you, when you go up to Kentucky, they try to, oh, yeah, well, everybody, Coach Bryant loved Coach Rupp, and they were big buddies uh, after, the, after he left, of course. But uh, I don't know. Well, Coach Brown told me I applied one time for S- for the SEC when uh, Cliff uh, Harper was the top man. That, yeah. uh, you may remember him. I remember Cliff. <clears throat> uh, he and I were distant kin, and he asked me to apply to the SEC for football. I had to get three recommendations, and Coach Brown was one of them. And when I went out to pick it up, he said, now, this is for football. And then I said, yes, sir. He's on, he said, don't ever call basketball. Did you don't want to call any game where the fans can reach out and touch you. He said, stay <laughs> away correct. from that kind of game. That is funny. Well, Paul, I appreciate your time. And hey, I just, uh, Eddie, uh, congratulations. And uh, let me, uh, I apologize for not having sent a gift, but uh, you've heard this before, but the check is in the mail. Uh, Alexis would be nice. Well, <laughs> Paul, you've done enough. You. I've enjoyed our time together, and I appreciate Eddie, your time. Thank you. Thank Eddie, you so Eddie Conyers, I saw Eddie about a month ago. I was in Birmingham at a banquet, and he was being honored. Uh, and uh, I was up on this, the podium with him, and uh, he was he, he, just amazing. And I, I, he's 95 years old. I don't know why I say that, considering I just turned 93. <laughs> but... I'm trying to make it to 95. Ed is up next in South Carolina. Hello, Ed. Hey, Paul. Listen, I've had something that's been on my mind all season long, football okay. season. And that's all this dancing and staring on in the end zone that used to be against the rules. You get a flag thrown for unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, what happened to that? Why did they quit calling that or do you know? Uh, I mean, they. I think they do call it if it's excessive. I just think it depends on it's a, it's a judgment call. I saw well, it a couple times this I've year. Seen, I don't think I've seen anything more excessive mm-hmm. than Maryland's bowl game. They were absolutely the worst sportsmanship that they put on that field I've seen in a long time. And what game was that? Eddie? They had all. The, I said they. They exhibited the worst sportsmanship mm-hmm. of any I've seen in a long time. That's the Maryland, Maryland team. Oh, okay. Besides all the dancing and everything, they did the throat slashing. They had late hits. They were mouthing off to the other team constantly. And they even mouthed off at the officials uh, two or three times that I saw. My well, I, 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 I watched a couple of minutes of that game. I was watching the uh, Orange Bowl at the same time, and uh, as Auburn got continually destroyed. I, I gave up on it. I'll, I'll, I'll ask some people about right. it. Hey, thank you very much for the call. Let's uh, check in with Clinton in Mobile, Alabama. Hello, Clinton. You're on the air. Hey, Paul. Uh, just a quick question about Tennessee basketball. That Were you at that 77 game when went to three overtimes against Alabama? I'm a Bama fan, by yeah, the that, way. That, that, now, that's the game in just, Tuscaloosa? It was in Tuscaloosa. I, I can't I'm remember. Sure I, I thought it was I in Tuscaloosa. I remember where it was, but it was. Uh, I believe it was in Tuscaloosa. Good... Now, uh, Tennessee, I'm trying to remember. Uh, did Alabama won that game? No. Uh, Tennessee won. And that Ernie game. Grunfeld and uh, 
Yeah, Bernard no, I was King, at the game. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I do remember it now. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I, think I, I was no, at all they those had games. Mule, they, had Mule, they had Mule on Bernard King, but I don't think he could handle it if they put PR done, which could play. Oh, no, no, you're right. That He's game was, a, that game was at uh, Stokely. You're right. Um, I do remember yeah. that game. Um, that was right, one of the I'm biggest. Gonna, uh, see, that was one of the biggest games I've ever game, been to at Tennessee. Leon Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Leon Douglas uh, could not do anything in that game, could he? Well, no. That was the year after he left. Okay, okay, okay. The, had, it, I think it was the year before when, else, when, but, uh, when Ray completely took Leon out of the game. Yeah, well, the year before, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> But anyway, I was just wondering if you went to that game. I was at that game. game yeah. Those, yeah, I, uh, yeah. oh. it's, it's interesting, Clinton. Back then, uh, I, mean, I covered, uh, I was a school uh, sports writer. Y- right. you, would, you would miss a football game before you would miss a basketball game. Man, I'll tell you what, those were the good old days. Oh, no. It was, uh, I mean, there, were, there was one game against Kentucky that the students, I think, camped out for three days. Uh-huh. And Johnny Darden, that guy was a pretty yeah, good Johnny, guard to go along with Johnny. I, uh, I had too. a couple of uh, classes with Johnny and knew him well. Yeah, very Johnny quick was, guy. Johnny but, did, uh, Johnny did a lot like better in school than being in the class with me. Right. Anyway, thanks so much. Thank you. I shouldn't have said that because there's going to be somebody at the University of Tennessee that opens a student conduct investigation into my tenure there, and they're going to take away my, my degree because I, I said that. It is too late. You're right. I, I just I helped them after class. Uh, Don is up next uh, in Alabama. Hello, Don. Hey, Paul. Listen, uh, I got one question for you. And I, I listen to you all the time. I'm a huge Michigan fan, but I know you've wore different hats from time to time, the Bulldogs, all the other hats and everything. If I was to ask you and you had to pick and you had to pick today, what would you do if you were the head guy to change or modify the NIL or the transfer portal? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste time on the NIL. I think the issue is the transfer portal. Um, and okay. I'll go ahead and hang up and listen. Yeah, thank you. No, I, I think what you have to do, is, you, you can't completely do away with it uh, because I am in favor of it. Uh, I believe that there, there has to be a, a, a limit, though. You just can't let players transfer at will and uh, i mean i think i think everybody should get one free transfer which is the case now and after that i think there ought to be some jurisdiction uh because otherwise you just and what what we're i i I, as much as people hate what we're going through at alabama right now i think that's fair uh if a coach leaves why can't if you sign i I know everybody wants to say well he signed with the player he signed with the, the university that's not really the way it is We'll take a break. Talk more about that in just a minute. We're back after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. 
They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We welcome you back. We'll talk about uh, Florida's latest problems in just a moment. Uh, Matt is up next in San Antonio. Hey, brother. How you doing, man? Look, I just want to tell you the reason I haven't called in a couple days. This man, I've been dealing with a lot of things, and the reason why I've been dealing with it, the government did a test on me in state of Texas. They determined I can't live my own because my memory, because I can't read from medicine, I can't handle money, and somebody has to stay with me, and I have to retake the test to change their mind. Mm-hmm. It's been causing me a lot of stress with my family, been fighting and arguing about this. Like, I love you guys a lot. I love you always being there for me. Augie, Legend, it's just Mitch, Trey, William. I love you guys a lot, man. It's just, I'm dealing with that. And I'm hoping my friend Crystal will become a roommate with me. I'm trying to explain to my family, this lifestyle is not for everybody. So it's not for me. And I got an anger and hatred and bitter to her husband. And I wanted you to know they're going to do a consultation about the surgery. Then we're going to go from there to get the surgery done, see what's going on with me. But I wanted you to know all this. And I love what we're doing with our football team, with Mike Elko. I love the things he's doing with it. And Buzz Williams. I just wanted you guys to know this, man. I just, I feel dead inside and I feel hollow a lot lately. And I wanted you all to know this, man. I love you guys a lot. I love you like brothers. And I just been really messed up in the head lately, man. Matt, listen, you, uh, you stay close. Uh, we are thinking of you and you know where we are. I know, man. All right, I'll catch you guys later. What do you think about Buzz winning the basketball team before I go? I like you like what they're lot. doing with the uh, teams? I think he's a really uh, top-notch coach. Matt, listen, uh, you know, you, I know you're talking to some friends of ours, and you know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. If you need anything, you let I know. You let them know immediately, okay? I will. Okay. I'm never going to do anything stupid or hurt myself. I'm just, just trying to deal with a lot of things, man. Okay, you be well, Matt. Stay in touch. Thank you very, very much. Um, Hal is up next in Mississippi. Hello, Hal. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I got a Pete Maravich story to tell you. I've told you before, but I don't know if you remember. But me and a buddy, we were, LSU was playing Mississippi State in Starkville. And we were staying at the Holiday Inn, and so was LSU. And uh, anyway, we were sitting in the restaurant. We look over, and we see these guys in, in uh, Blazers. And they're four LSU players, and one of them was Crystal Pete. 
Well, they get through eating. We follow them back to their room. And uh, it took a while to get the nerve up to knock on the door. Finally, we did. And uh, whoever came to the door and said, you know, we wanted to to get Pete Maravich's uh, autograph. And I said, well, come on in. And they were playing cards. And she said, why don't y'all sit down and play cards with us? This is a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. <laughs> and uh said, okay. And finally, he said, what do y'all want to play? I knew nothing. Of course, it, you know, it's no electronic games, no Atari. It's for Pong. And uh, so anyway, my buddy, we sit there for a second. He said, uh, go fish. <laughs> and he said, Okay, they dealt the cards, and we sat there and played cards for about 30 minutes, and they acted like they didn't have anything else to do. And I, that always, of just thinking back of how big a star he was, and to take time out and food with two little old kids, it, it, you know, just amazes me. That is a, a remarkable story, Hal. Thank you for sharing. You be well. Well, let's check in with Jay, who is in Mobile, Alabama. Hello, Jay. Hey, roll tide, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Paul, I haven't been calling in a whole lot lately. I, uh, I, I'm taking this strong chemo again, and it's, it's really kicking my butt. I'm, I've been listening. Okay. but uh, How much longer do you, are you uh, taking it? Oh, man, indefinitely probably. Okay. They're going to actually – I got good news about the one in my colon because now they can – they're going to go in and pull it out. At first, that wasn't even an option. Right. But now they're going to go in and pull that out. Well, then we found out the one in my liver's done grown. Mm. So they're having to put me back on the strong chemo, and it's it's whooping me. Wow. But anyway, Paul, I'm hanging in there. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going nowhere yet. I hope not. But, Paul, I want to talk about NIL. Okay. It It, it just kills me how there's – there's just no loyalty anymore. I mean, most of these kids, they're all about the dollar now. It's like these teens put so much into these young men, like, you know, spending time with their mom and, and, and doing dances, line dances with their family, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's terrible. Well, it's certainly, uh, certainly a problem, uh, Jay. Listen, you uh, continue uh, to uh, stay in touch, and we're thinking of you, and thank you very, very much uh, for, for the call. Mike is up next in Toledo. Hello, Mike. Uh, good afternoon, sir. I got just a question. When will the SEC go to nine conference games? Because the Big Ten has gone the last few years to nine conference games. Well, I think it's a legitimately great question, and I don't have the answer. I thought for sure uh, it would be approved this year, but I have not heard a single thing about it. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know soon. I mean, I'm looking at the Big Ten. They're going to hold two, two teams, uh, like Ohio State can play Michigan and, and somebody else, and then it goes from there. But is that going to be a problem when they have the uh, 12-team playoff, the you only could have the Big Ten and the SEC, maybe possibly the Big 12 in the 12-team playoff. Well, I mean, frankly, uh, at this point in college football, there really aren't any uh, other leagues other than the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, they matter about 90%, and 
there's really, uh, I don't see the ACC being a significant factor, and the Big 12 is a little bit hard to uh, wrap your arms around. Thank you for the call. We'll find out what's happening at the University of Florida, a story coming from Matt Baker the other day about an NCAA investigation. Could this be a problem, or is it just simply a bump in the road? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Here's uh, the headline that emanated from Matt Baker's piece down in Tampa. NCAA investigating Gators for Jaden Rashada recruitment. Uh, Matt covers uh, the University of Florida and... Often we talk about what's on the football team. This is a different situation. Matt, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your your reporting. Take us through what you learned the other day and what it all means. Good afternoon. Hey, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Honestly, we didn't learn a whole lot um, just because this has been something that's kind of been percolating in the background, kind of an open secret around games, all that has been happening. But it still is important that we can acknowledge the fact that the Gators are under investigation. No, I, I was working on this for quite some time. I uh, submitted an open records request to UF that was denied. We had to get our attorneys involved. And three and a half months later, we can now you know, say with, with uh, definition that this investigation is happening. So I, I still don't know quite you know, where in the process it is, what, you know, where this is all going to end up. There's not a whole lot of that uh, for me to say right now. But it is still important to know that this was a high-profile case that blew up about a year ago at this time. And now we know that the NCAA is at least looking into it. I mean, Rashad is gone. Uh, and Matt, you may not be able to answer this, but uh, other than maybe give us a supposition, but does that mitigate uh, the fact that the, the, these are more or less serious than they would have been had he signed and stayed there? I'm not sure that it really matters. To, I mean, maybe it matters a little bit, but it, it let's, you know, let's suppose here and kind of take a reasonable view of, of the facts as we know them. Let's suppose there were some recruiting inducements and that whole, you know, eight figure name, image and likeness deal. But maybe there was something to do it involving being on the football team or that's the way it could be interpreted. Or maybe there was some involvement from the football program. I'm not saying there is, but let's go down this rabbit hole. Then I think the fact that there would have been inducements there was enough to make it happen. You know, we, we can uh, this still is very an evolving space and a lot we still don't know about what's happening and how the NCAA is going to look at it. But there is at least one comp that we can show. And, and that was the Florida State one that dropped a couple of weeks ago where, you know, Florida State 
Uh, you know, there's an offensive line coach, Alex Atkins, who drove a uh, recruit from the portal to a meeting with a booster who was the head of a collective. And, you know, the, the guy didn't sign. According to the NCAA, there was no NIL deal, no money changing hands. But Florida State was still in, in, tr- in trouble with the level two violations and the assistant coach got a three game suspension. So that's at least some sort of I don't know if it's a precedent exactly. The NCAA would probably say it's not, but that's at least some sort of comp we can make to, to answer your question in terms of doesn't matter that R- Rashad is you know gone. Well, it, it it's a good it's a good answer, and and I guess I'm really trying to get to the whole regime of, of Billy Napier uh, because it, it's a separate issue, but not much has really gone well, uh, and I, I know they ended up with a high high pollutant. Recruit, a quarterback recruit this this cycle, but let's talk a, a bigger picture here. Scott Strickland has made some comments recently. Fans are making their comments. Media don't know really what to make out of it all. Give us uh, the state of the Florida football program report. Well, I can't tell you that it's good because it's not. You know, Billy Napier is 11 and 14, and this is the worst the program's been since just after World War II. And that's not hyperbole. That's just fact when you look at the wins and the losses. When you look at it, it's hard for me to tell you that the program's going in the right direction. There, there's nothing I can point to to say that it is. The recruiting class, this 24 class, was supposed to be the, the bell of the ball and elite and what have you, and it, it, it crumbled. It fell apart. It's a good recruiting class, and it got better today with, with uh, Jameer Grimsley transferring from Alabama, but it's still not a great premier elite recruiting class that it was supposed to be. So it's, it hasn't gotten better on the field. Recruiting is about the same. There's not a lot I can point to to tell you that this is why it's getting better, and this NCAA investigation is part of that as well, and I, you know where a lot of readers and a lot of Gator fans are going is the possibility that this could be the, the four cause that Florida would use down the line to potentially try and get rid of Billy Napier if this goes south. And that's a whole different situation. But the fact is, on the field and recruiting, there's not a lot I can point to to say that this is definitely working out, which is why this year three is so pivotal. Well, let's, t- let's talk about what Strickland said recently. And I realize Strickland is, uh, is tied Billy Napier, and, and I'm not really sure what else you can say when you are that close to the guy. Uh, I mean, Napier replaced the guy that Strickland brought in and had to fire. Uh, what has Strickland said, and what does it mean? Yeah, Strickland told the, the Orlando Sentinel um, the other day that Billy's not on the hot seat. What even is a hot seat? And, and all that stuff is fine and dandy, and I, I think it's true. And But your, your other point is, is, I think, spot on, that – what else is he going to say? Oh, yeah, he's on the hot seat. If he doesn't win nine games, he's out. Nobody does that. That doesn't happen. And let's be honest about this as well. If there's a scenario where the Gators go four and eight or something like that this year, let's say, let's say they have a really rough year. Well, then it might not matter that Scott Strickland thinks Billy Napier should be safe because realistically, the way these things work, if it's not working well, then the athletic director goes and the head coach goes after that. That's kind of a standard operating procedure. Again, that's not to say that's what will happen, but if things go really bad, then Strickland might not be the one who has to say at the end of it. That's not a crazy thing to kind of speculate on. And, and I don't know the power structure down there. Usually you think about uh, the AD who reports to somebody in the president's office, if not the president. You have a, new, a relatively new president, Ben Sass, many remember, uh, 
interesting, uh, maybe occasionally eclectic senator from Nebraska, didn't always follow his party, didn't always follow the norms. He's now the president. It's still the University of Florida, is still one of the top schools in the country. It just, I think it's the highest ranked public institution uh, in, in, in the rankings, whatever that means. Uh, give us the power structure, the lay of that land down there and, and, and how the decision could evolve. Yeah, that's the most important thing to remember in all of this. Uh, ben Sass's predecessor, Kent Fox, he was not a football guy. He was an academic, and that is what he was focused on. And, and football, yeah, that's great. Let's win, go Gators or whatever. But that, that wasn't his focus. I don't want to see that as Ben Sass's focus. I think that's a little extreme. But he does not like ignoring football and basketball and baseball. He is an athletics guy. I mean, there, there were games this year where he was uh, in the stand selling drinks or whatever it was. When he was senator at Nebraska, he would be selling sandwiches at, at Memorial Stadium. This is a huge part of his interest, and I don't, maybe it's too much to say his identity, but he's involved with this. So I would find it, I would be absolutely stunned if he wasn't involved in terms of thinking, all right, if this goes south, what do I need to do? Or if, they, if this goes well, what do we need to support them? All, that whole thing where it, it, I think there's going to be expectations that he has in mind and to see how this goes. But uh, if there are tough conversations that have to be had this year, I, I certainly think Ben Sass is going to be in the middle of them in the way that his predecessor maybe w would have delegated more. Matt, does it help Billy Napier that the expectations have been dumbed down so badly and so low that going 500 would almost seem to be a successful season? I think maybe it does a little bit because – if he goes six and six or seven and five, you can sell some idea of progress if it gets better. And, and of course, it's obviously going to be what are the six wins or the seven wins? What are the losses? How bad are they? Do they beat Tennessee or Florida State or LSU or hang with Georgia or something like that? But it, it's, it's going to be the wins and losses. But there also just needs to be hope. That's the biggest thing. Hope that this thing is going to get better. Because I don't think Florida, Florida with some of the, the previous coaches, McElwain and, and Mullen to a lesser degree, I think they were okay with getting rid of him. It wasn't working, and they didn't have a lot of friends in the building. And I don't think it's that way with Napier at all. I think he's generally well-liked, and people would like to see him succeed. They just have to have reasons to think it's going to work, kind of the way it was with, with Muschamp getting an extra year in, in that sense. So there has to be some progress on the field, and there has to be some sort of hope. Maybe it's DJ Lagway going out and struggling early on, the, the five-star quarterback and getting better throughout the season to where, you know, the average Gator fan can think, you know what, things weren't great this year, but we got that guy. That guy's going to make it better in the future. So I think there has to be something like that for Florida fans to get excited about going forward because we haven't seen that through two, through two seasons. Matt, there was a time uh, we heard from Florida fans all the time, and, and they were mixed. Uh, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the show is in trouble here, but we don't ever hear from Florida fans anymore. What do you hear from Florida fans when you run into them at games and talk to them? I think, I think there's a decent amount of apathy. I think you're exactly right. I think there's a lot of, they're looking for a reason to be optimistic and there's just not a lot of hope right now. So I think they're, I don't want to say they're letting the string play out because it's not to that point yet. I'm not saying hot seat or anything like that. Let's be very, very clear. But there's not a lot of things that they can point to on how this is getting better. And they feel, you know, I think a lot of them kind of feel like they're stuck where maybe it is going to be another mediocre year before they can kind of 
figure a way out of this. I think I think the apathy that you're seeing or the indifference or whatever it is, I think that's there's a lot of truth to that, um, especially as what's happened elsewhere in the SEC with Tennessee getting better and, and uh, George obviously being a power and you know down the road up in Tallahassee with Florida State getting so much better. Florida's just kind of there right now. That's not a good place to be. You don't want to be there where you feel like you're not really relevant. And that's kind of where the Gators are right now, to be honest. And, and I hate to state the obvious, but we're talking about the University of Florida here, which has been we are. traditionally one of the premier programs in, in college football, let alone the SEC. Matt, many thanks. Great stuff. Great reporting. Matt Baker joining us from Tampa Bay, uh, covers the University of Florida. We are back with more after this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Tommy Reese, three weeks ago today, was calling the final play of the Michigan game. According to Zach Jackson of The Athletic, the Browns are trying to hire Tommy Reese as the tight ends coach. Greg is up next in California. Hello, Greg. Ah, thank you very much. First time caller. Long-time viewer, thank you. thank you for taking my call. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for checking. Hey, Paul, uh, do you mind if I just take a couple minutes out of your schedule? I just want to just talk about a couple things regarding uh, uh, former Pac-10, Pac-12 football, how things have kind of merged into where they're at today. If I could stand on my uh, totem pole for a second and then hear your constructive cr- criticism or advice or any input, I'd really appreciate that. Just tell me when I can go, cool. sir. Go right ahead. Thank you very much. <clears throat> you know, um, when I look back in time and I see the sanctions that took place against USC, and again, I'm calling from California, but I reside here in Los Angeles, California, and our powerhouses are USC and UCLA, which I'll get to in a minute. But USC got hit really hard with regards to sanctions. P- Carroll took off a couple other things, again, referencing to Coach P. Carroll, left USC, Reggie Bush, a few other things fiasco-wise, and yes, we were hit with a lot of, uh, or USC was hit with a lot of uh, sanctions. Now, when that took place, I saw a transition where 
Um, some of the other Pac-10 teams got a little bit stronger, obviously. However, saw that the SEC really started taking more control of NCAA football. This is just my opinion as a former player. I played college football at Oregon State University under Coach Jerry Pettibone. Uh, we were not really that good of a team, but you know what? We didn't get any freebies or handouts. We, play, we played football because we had the love for the game. If we were given anything, we were lucky to get a sandwich from Togo's, which is a local, you know, like a Subway sandwich shop out here on the West Coast. And you, you were lucky if you had turkey or, or maybe cheese on it. And uh, uh, with that being said, uh, and also we were lucky. We had a defensive coach at the time, a defensive line coach named Brady Hoke, and we had a defensive uh, coordinator called uh, by the name of Rocky Long. Um, so overall, with uh, that being uh, said, and thank you for allowing me to share that, sir, what I'm getting to is I saw a transition go to the SEC. And there's a name um, I'm trying to reference, and, and I could be wrong, but a name by the uh, uh, Shepherd Cooper or something along those lines, Cooper, she- Cooper Shepherd or something. I believe he was in charge of this infractions committee for the NCAA. And to make a long story short, when we saw the power change, and now, again, I watch uh, – SEC football uh, here on the weekends out here and this, during the season. I know the season's basically the season's over now. However, you know I'm a fan of SEC football. It's growing on me. And when I was younger, I had true appreciation for Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, things along those lines. But you know now I like Georgia football. I like Alabama. I like Florida. I like Kentucky. I like other schools, South Carolina, etc. However. The real strength of NCAA football has transitioned to the SEC, but now we see the Big Ten, Big 12, 16, whatever you're going to call them, now that USC and UCLA, Washington, and Oregon are going to that conference, and they're going to have to play Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State of the world on an annual basis. Do we see ourselves, and again, I guess where I'm getting to, and thank you for letting me stand again on this total poll, I believe, not conspiracy-wise here, but there was really a lot of ganging up on the Pac-10 and Pac-12 conference. Pac-10 before it became the yeah, Pac-12, Yeah, Greg, let me, obviously. let me jump in here before we run out of time. Most of, most of the problems with the Pac-12 are self-inflicted. You, you, had a, you, had a, you had an incompetent commissioner in Larry Scott, and you replaced him with a barely competent commissioner in George Kleikoff, who turned down league-saving TV deals because he felt like he knew it all, and Lee got what it deserved. Rick is up next in Houston. Hello, Rick. Hey, Paul. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul, quick, quickly, just, you know, shout out to Matt, man. You know, hang in there, dude. Um, Things always get better. Paul, I never really talked to you about any of the issues I have, but um, for a long time I had, uh, I had back issues and, you know, things going on with me, but I grew up with, you know, if you could, if you could work, you just kept on going. And during COVID, you know, I was home, I was working from home a lot and uh, things got worse. It got to the point where I couldn't stand up and I ended up, I ended up going to the doctor and uh, I had a very severe case of spinal stenosis. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, I had surgery to try to correct it, but unfortunately, you know, since, uh, since around late 2021, early 2022, I have not been able to stand up, you know, on my own without 
some kind of assistance. But you know, you you know, you can't as bad as things are, you can't let it defeat you. You just got to you just gotta keep hang in there and keep on going and you know, that's 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 kinda of what I wanna to say to Matt, you know, and I'm I'm praying for him, you know, uh, uh you know, i I just I just feel I just my heart goes out to him. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.